Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level, high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Jim Tam. He is a principal client director with Corn Ferry's Digital Group, where he advises organizations on how to improve their sales effectiveness through using world-class sales methodology and technology. I have Caitlin She's the Senior Manager of Talent at Alcogen, where she leads their global learning and talent management initiatives. She is passionate about helping individuals make an impact and exceed their potential. And finally, I have Dr. Bob Choate. He has eight years military experience, work, has worked with the LAPD, was a stage hypnotist, and is now an executive performance coach and going back to school for another PhD, this time in physics. The question I have today is having a good poker face a good or a bad thing? One of the things I started thinking about this because I've used poker face in ne negotiations in the past. Mm -hmm. So people couldn't read me the way I was thinking. Yet, I think having a poker face is context dependent. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the reason I say that, imagine having a, or keeping a poker face and you're engage in a romantic relationship well that doesn't work mm -hmm. or, or or basically relationships in general yet if i'm actually playing poker yes i'm, I'm going to want the poker face if if i'm doing any kind of thing where there's there's a competitive element to i'm, I'm going to more or less keep a poker face so people can't read me in in terms of how i'm feeling mm. but that's it almost everything else i'm going to express myself. I mean, we have a, a teacher down here in terms of speaking and so forth, who, who can probably say that if we're up on stage speaking, guess what? You're going to want to express yourself in, in facial expressions. Yeah, I would a hundred percent agree with Dr. Bob that there's a time and place for it. And if you're playing poker, obviously it's convenient. Over the past couple of years, I uh, realized that people gravitate, especially employees, gravitate towards managers who are transparent and authentic. And when you try to, you know, be indifferent or, or show that poker face, then you don't have that, you don't get that trust. And even with customers too, I think people like to see the enthusiasm. People want to kind of see that the real you, and they tend to trust people who are themselves. But there is a, certainly a time and place for everything like that. Jim, I'll piggyback off of what you said. When I think about a poker face from a leadership perspective, we've heard, yes, we as leaders, we should be vulnerable and we should be authentic. But I think there's a, a key word that we should put in front of those two, which is we should be responsibly authentic and vulnerable. Hmm. And that, for example, let's say the company announces a major layoff. Um, if I'm a leader and I come in with my team and I say, oh my gosh, I'm scared as heck. Everyone's going to lose their jobs. This is going to be terrible. Suddenly I've created more chaos than I have um, helped anybody. And so I think when it comes to having a poker face, I also think of it as, are you practicing your emotional intelligence? And there's a time and a place where you can be authentic and vulnerable, but we also need to think about what's the impact of me either having that poker face um, or not having that poker face. So that's what I think of uh, when I hear that word poker face. I think that's a really great point is that there is a time and a place where you should keep your emotions to yourself, hold it together. My brother, who's a mechanical engineer, gets in meetings sometimes. And when people are getting all out of control, he always says, I have an idea, let's panic. 
and it breaks the ice and it lets people realize, okay, you're getting a little out of control. But if you don't have someone who can do that, you as a leader need to be responsible for kind of managing the emotions in the space. But on the flip side, I had a client once to your point, Bob, she was a speaker and she was getting a lot of speaking, a lot of coaching, everything was going great. And then all of a sudden it kind of dried up and she wasn't getting the same reaction. And we spent some time trying to figure out why she had gotten Botox and she no longer had the facial expressions. And so people weren't trusting her anymore. And so she, I told her, I'm like, let it wear off. Let's do an AB test and let's see what happens. And sure enough, once it wore off and her facial expressions came back, she, her business started picking up again. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that, a great that, point. And I like that caveat, Caitlin, that you, that you mentioned. I think the operative word that I'm striving for is like leverage. Do you lose leverage by mm-hmm. not displaying emotion or keeping it to yourself and being reserved and that the customer the personal relationships that Dr. Bob said have to guess where you're really at. I used to collect dolls and I had dolls going back to the 19th century. And, and a lot of those dolls, whether they were the French uh, Bruges Genou dolls or the German dolls and so forth, they all had this, like this blank expression on them. And, and we look at like a lot of horror movies and they place those kind of dolls around. They're kind of scary. Creepy. Very, very creepy. I, 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 I had that thought when I would like do my facial expressions. And, and a lot of times I would have this stoic look on my face and, and people would tell me, you're, you're kind of scary, Bob. So I had to like, <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't want to be doing that. It's especially when I'm dealing with, with relationships or speaking and otherwise. So. I understood that part. And to Caitlin's point, if as a leader, we don't want to over emotionalize things and, 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 and people want to look at us as a leader. So sometimes I have to go stoic, but not so stoic, maybe a, a, a little bit of expression, especially when there's a, a situation where where it it's it's really bad and 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 i've dealt in terms of like whether it was my time in the marines or the lepd if i was overly emotional in in different situations where calm was needed well i'm I'm not going to fully express those emotions i had to be able to handle the situation yeah, great point. So if I don't want to have a poker face, is it possible to go over the top and become inauthentically exuberant? It's almost trying like to avoid balance. Having... It's like you don't want to get too excited so that you react just the other way just to make sure you don't betray what you're really feeling. And some people are really good at it naturally, and some people have to try hard at it. I find that uh, when you do it too often, then you lose yourself over time. And that's when a kind of maturity comes in. Yeah. I think you have to, whether you're trying to be exaggerated in your expressions, if it doesn't come naturally to you, people can feel that pretty, mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And that almost is a hindrance. And so when we're thinking about a poker face, whether we want to exaggerate it or, or maintain our emotions a bit more, I think uh, to summarize, I think some of what Bob and Jim was saying, it's 
what sort of impact is there going to be based on how I respond, right? Is it going to, am I going to positively impact people or am I going to uh, negatively impact communication or relationships or whatever situation I'm in? And that helps us understand what level of poker face you should have. And, and mm. I don't, I never really thought of it as, of, in levels, but maybe that's the way we need to think about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a cultural aspect to it too. I'm the oldest of eight children. And in my family, if you wanted to get a point across, you better be big and exuberant and loud. And I can remember when I first started working, people would say to me, why are you so angry? And I'm like, this isn't angry. This is just me expressing myself. But I was so used to being so over the top to be able to get myself heard in a crowd that normal people were like, tone it down like six steps. That's yeah. why you say that because in business, negotiating with, let's say, with the Japanese, they tend to not show any emotion and you shouldn't re read the body language like they're not excited about your offer. Or it's just the way they are. They're just taught to be a little bit more stoic. And understanding that I think is important. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. I, I did speaking engagements in front of Japanese because I'm half Japanese and it, it, it's a different ball game. And, and I think in the Asian culture in general, because I know that mm -hmm. like in, in China, for example, Brian Tracy is not as expressive as Tony Robbins. But guess who is the more popular speaker? Brian Tracy. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, it, I think it's context related and, and, and even in speaking, if we're speaking to a small audience, we don't want to be as expressive. If we're speaking to an audience of a 10,000 or more people, something like that, we're going to have to really express ourselves so, so people can actually see that. So. Well, that is our 10 minutes. Thank you for having this conversation with me. I think that it's not something that we think about on a regular basis and whether we have a poker face or we're overly expressive. So thank you for doing that with me today. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.